Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Soberland. My name is Lindsay, and today's guest is one of my favorite people, Christina Bowers. Hi, Christina. Hey. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. And I'm so excited to talk with you. We, um, we've been like texting and messaging and things like that, but I haven't actually like heard your voice in a really long time. So, and I get to hear your voice all the time because I do podcasts. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know all you know about like everything that's been going on with me, but I know nothing about what's been going. Yeah, on I'm with like, you, oh so. yeah, I caught up with Lindsay today because I listened to her podcast, <laughs> and then meanwhile, it's like you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I'm like, you're on a boat. What? Yeah, every time I run into someone, I know they're like, do you live here? Like, where do you live? Are you traveling? And I'm like, I'm in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I like never know exactly where you're living because you are always in really cool places traveling. So um, where are you right now? Um, I'm in Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> As in like Hershey chocolate? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I we actually drove through there on our uh, road trip and we considered stopping. I didn't realize that Hershey, it, it's not just like the factory where they make the chocolate. It's actually like kind of a theme park. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's Hershey Park and it's actually like really, I mean, I haven't been in decades, but it or a decade probably, but it was very cool. Like the rides were awesome. Are they all like chocolate themed? Yes, they are. Wow. That's like my dream. And there's like, you know how those um, those things that are like, you need to be this tall to ride this ride. Yeah, It'll be like a Hershey bar or like a Reese's bar. It's really cute. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's cool. everywhere. I, I love it. Picture that like all the rides are like shaped like M&Ms or just like a chocolate bar. <laughs> just like brown. And you're bra- just like stuffing your face all the time. <laughs> Everything is brown. Everything is chocolate brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing there? So I so <laughs> making a new chocolate bar. I'm you. making chocolate. I'm learning how to make chocolate. Um, <laughs> no. So uh, basically, I my aunt lives here, and I had all of my belongings um, stored here at her house in her attic for the past three years. So since I left Brooklyn. Um, at the end of 2018, I just dropped it off here and she was so nice that she let me leave it here and, um, she sold her house. So I have to get my stuff now. Uh, um, I see. yeah, so it's been kind of interesting because, um, that was almost three years ago and all of the things that I'm finding that I left in storage are like from my past life from like when I was living in Brooklyn and just like, I don't know, it just feels like a completely different version of me so it's mm. it's kind of interesting yeah that is really cool because um, yeah. I know you're probably in a very different place like oh all gosh. around than you were three years ago yeah, um totally yeah to give everyone some little backstory of how we know each other Christine and I met in college in Orlando and <laughs> used to hang out and drink and party together <laughs> a lot <laughs> We went to uh, a lot of college parties and really rundown homes. I remember there was like, a, was it called Narnia? Yeah. <laughs> like all the big party homes in college yeah. had like names. Like there was Narnia and then one was Buckwild. Like, yes, I'm still in like a Narnia group chat. Oh, that's um, cool. But I think, yeah, we either met at like Narnia or there was some house behind UCF. Um, and I'm not, I don't remember exactly how we met, but I remember like we both had crushes on boys that lived together. Oh, and so we would like right. scheme, <laughs> we would like scheme to go over there together. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like definitely sound. Yeah, you're bringing back memories. I think our priorities were like, let's get drunk and let's make out with whatever, whatever boy we have a crush on that week. <laughs> we need to do it now <laughs> yeah priorities yeah we skipped class a lot um at lazy moon we would drink like dollar pbrs and just like eat pizza yeah um instead of going to class yeah <laughs> we would like hang out all the time i remember all the time and like i remember i was like listening to your podcast yesterday um because you guys kind of touched on like this like being scared to be alone and just like um i remember like i would like sleep at you and gabby's house or apartment all the time oh um, yeah 
and I don't even know like it's probably because I was drunk but also like I remember just like you guys kind of adopted me so we were just like always together I have like some memories of just like some wild things happening to us like one time we were on some random guy's boat um, yes I was thinking about that what who was that I I have no idea but we were just <laughs> drunk on a boat we would just be in like random people's houses all the time together and random bars and random places where it's like how did we end up here you're like <laughs> yes to everything and you just like get carried on by this yeah. wave of like the booze train <laughs> yeah yeah so I mean it was definitely fun for sure but it was really dangerous looking back I'm like I'm glad we're okay oh my god I'm like seriously so dangerous I can't even drive downtown without feeling like I worry for my past self so much we were out one night I think we started the night off at Applebee's and we saw the cast of Jackass there we heard that they were going to this bar across the street. So we kind of like followed them over there and we ended up hanging out with them all night. It's like the craziest dude, like they're notorious for being like insane. And we're like, yeah, let's hang out with the whole cast of, of Jackass. It's like Johnny Knoxville. And I, the, was it Wee Man? Yeah. And then there's he, Bam. Yeah. Bam name? was there. And then I think, think so. Steve-O was not, was sober. Uh, yeah, he I got his life still, together. I think he, he had gotten is, his life together. Yeah. So he wasn't around. But all these other random guys from, you know, were there and we ended up just like hanging out with them all night. Just like didn't even think twice that it could be dangerous. or like that, that was maybe not a good idea. But yeah, or just like weird. Like I would never do something like that again. Like I would never put myself in the position to like, I think we, we got invited back to their hotel. Um, and so we were just kind of like chilling in the in the lobby while Johnny Knoxville was like eating chips. And, <laughs> and it just felt really creepy. Like I would never be like, let's definitely stand in this hotel lobby where we do not belong. Um, yeah. And chat with these people who don't know us, but are famous. Right. And I think that, <laughs> that kind of stuff just happened to us a lot. We just were ended up with like some random people that we didn't know very well in random places. And I'm just glad that we're okay. Um, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we definitely had fun. Um, but I think there was a point where it just got to be too much. Like, and it stopped really serving its purpose. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was like for you. But I remember um, when we would go to some of those parties where actually, when I was first introduced to that friend group, um, I was like, not, not well. I, I would like pass out at like, I passed out at the TV's bar, like, and I would just get so blackout drunk while I was like at these parties and didn't know anyone. And I was kind of like, just the butt of the joke a lot of times. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Like you would, yeah, you'd like fall asleep on the like on the couch <laughs> in the living room at a house party, and there would be just like all of these random people around, and we would like you know keep an eye on you. I was really tired, you know, just taking a nap on the stranger's couch. Looking back, there was like definitely f- some fun times and some good memories, but I think we ended up putting ourselves in a lot of like risky situations and really dangerous situations that could have turned out bad. And I'm, I'm really thankful that they didn't. Yeah. yeah we just Me were too. really reckless. Yeah. We were very reckless. <laughs> um, I'm so surprised that we like did well in college. Like <laughs> I would never be able to do that at this point in my life. <laughs> I know. I don't know how. Um. I graduated. <laughs> yeah. And you were, I remember you got into a very difficult college. Like, and I was like, wow. Oh, the program. Yeah. It was like, yeah, the program. Yeah. Advertising one. I was um, like, she's got it together. She's like, can do all the things. She can go out. And then she like studies. My whole life, I felt like I've had to have either my like school going well or my job, just something to show that like, I was successful and doing well to um, justify my drinking. But it yeah. definitely made it harder. I remember being like very hungover in, in class or in, at work and just like making it so, it was just like so brutal and just making it so hard to get through the day. So yeah, it wasn't, wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think after after college, you stayed in Orlando and I moved to Tampa. And I think we, we kind of lost touch a little bit since we weren't in the same town. Yeah, I stayed in Orlando and um, I'm trying to think of... So I graduated in 2011 and then I stayed around for like five years. I... I went through a breakup that was pretty rough on me and I had a, it was like my first nine to five when I was living in Orlando and it was a job that I hated so much. Um, and I would start drinking at like on Friday, like at night. And I would just look forward to drinking like all week Mm. to just like partying to just not being at work because I hated it so much. And I just wanted to like, get to the fun part. Right. <laughs> I was like seeing my friends and stuff. And so I would drink Friday night and then like maybe Saturday during the day, there would be an activity. If there wasn't a day drinking activity, there is going out Saturday night. And then by Sunday, I would be so like, I would go to brunch just to like deal with the hangover. Cause mm. I was like, it was like withdrawing. Right. And so I would be like, Hey guys, want to go to brunch? just to deal with my anxiety. Um, and so then I'd end up drinking all day because if you start drinking on a Sunday, it's, it can be difficult to stop. Yeah. Um, Why is that? Like Sunday, <laughs> I just want to drink all, all day on a Sunday or I did not. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not now, anymore. but um, I think I was just like dreading the work week coming up. Yes. But, it yeah. was such. And then I found out that it was called the Sunday scaries. And when I found that out, I was like, this is me. This is my di- diagnosis. Um, <laughs> my medical diagnosis. <laughs> this is my medical diagnosis. And like, what's crazy though, was, would be like Sunday night because I would drink all day to like avoid feeling the the damage that I did to my body all weekend and the anxiety from having to go to work the next day, I wouldn't be able to sleep. And there were so many times on a Monday morning that I called out. Like I swear it was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, that Monday morning I would wake up and I just wanted to cry. And sometimes I would call out and I felt so guilty and awful about myself. And I would be like shaking from just the anxiety and from having drank all weekend and I would just like call my mom and she was just like, are you okay? Like she would just kind of be really concerned about me. And I, I know now like, Oh my God, like it's from all the drinking I did. Yeah. Cause she was like, what's wrong? Like, is your mental health okay? And I'm like, no. And it was like, why? And it's like, because I'm drinking all the time. <laughs> yeah. I've totally, you know, relate to what you're saying of like just constantly fighting like a hangover and wanting to get out of that and feeling like the only way to get out of that is to just drink again. It's yeah. Like the cycle. Totally. And it was like the only way that I really knew to like bring myself to that kind of like temporary relaxed state. Mm-hmm. Cause I just feel like everything else, uh, I, I just felt so stressed out at that time. I was so like mentally unwell and I, I just didn't take care of myself. And so that was like my only way of kind of escaping, but I had always wanted to leave Orlando. So I, I decided to move to Brooklyn because I had a lot of friends there. Mm-hmm. And so I moved to Brooklyn and I spent three years there. And that that definitely um, maybe like spiraled the drinking a little bit because it's just what you do for entertainment there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really a lot. I mean, there's nature. And now, now that I'm not like, a drinker I I can find the things to do there that don't involve drinking or I just don't bring drinking to the table and I will do all the things with people when they are drinking but it's just kind of a party atmosphere Mm -hmm. um and yeah I just like was hustling working a bunch of different jobs and then I would kind of use alcohol as a way to cope with all my stress um from being burnt out and it did not help. It didn't help me sleep. I don't know. I, I kept trying to like quit drinking. I would, I would quit for like 30 days at a time. One time I went to New York on a trip and we met up and spent some time together. And I remember during that time you weren't drinking. 
Yeah. Um, I think you were taking crazy. I know you're taking a break. I remember like being so disappointed, like, oh my God, like we can't, you know, get (laughs) like Lindsay and Christina drunk, do crazy shit. And, but I I think I still like dragged you around to bars. But like, I still hung out with you and I still had fun with you. It wasn't, but we, yeah, we did go to bars and stuff. Um, That was like such willpower that I was exercising though. Cause I remember just, I think that was probably like the third or fourth time I had tried um, kind of stopping for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I knew that I could do it. And that was like the ultimate test because I wanted to just like get drunk like old times so bad. And no, but it's it was like a good test, you know? It's always nice when you get through something hard like <laughs> this. I'm acting like it was like so hard to hang out with you without drinking. <laughs> but in the beginning, it is really hard when you when you first quit. There's so many triggers. Right. So you had like a couple like breaks like short-term breaks that you would take I feel like I it would always get bad and then it would get better again and so I would just like kind of ride it out um but what do you what do you mean by that so my my like mental health would just be just awful after having like a three-day drinking bender not even like blacking out or whatever but just if I drank for one night I would wake up and I would just kind of be in a state of panic Mm -hmm. um and I'd have really bad anxiety and just like want to sleep all day because I didn't want to face the world I think it just was like this pressure cooker because being in New York it was just I don't know I just felt like a raw nerve walking around all the time because it's a little bit I mean, it's very high stress. There's so many people. There's just like noises. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, I was just working all these kind of odd hour jobs. And then um, I didn't really have any balance or like ways to take care of myself at that point. And so a day of or night of drinking would just really fuck me up. I don't know. It just got to be way too much. And I decided that I would temporarily leave so I so where'd you go after New York I um I went to Spain for like a month oh my gosh yeah it was so cool it was actually um it was amazing I went to walk this pilgrimage it's called the Camino de Santiago yeah so I mean it can take like three months to do this whole pilgrimage but I I did like 10 days of like 20 miles a day with my family and it was kind of just like I was at this point where I didn't really know what I was doing with my life in New York. And I was like, I don't see myself getting better. Like normally people like, you know, make some type of progress in their career or, and I'm sure that I was getting better in some ways and things were changing for me, but I wasn't seeing the results and I wasn't feeling any better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just feeling really stuck. So my aunt, she was going to go do this pilgrimage and she invited um, my mom and I, and we ended up going with, and that was cool. It was kind of spiritual because it was just walking. <laughs> if you need to ever clear your head and figure out what's next or just get some clarity, I would say like walking through Spain is probably a good way to oh go. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. And it was like the first step. I thought about so many things. I would listen to like podcasts and I kind of set this intention while I was walking to, or like even before I went, I know that there's something better out there for me. I don't know what it is. I just want to feel better and I want to be better. And, and I hope that it's like, um, this, it's like a very spiritual walk. Like a lot of people go on this walk to like find something or like, you know, if they've, they've gone through like some really hard time in their life, they just like fuck off and go do this walk because all of these saints actually I don't really know the exact story, but they all walked to this cathedral long ago. So it just felt like there was like wisdom on this path. And that's kind of like what I was walking with, I guess, with this intention of something's got to be better out there. Um, But I had panic attacks on the walk because I was like, I would drink a lot of red wine at night. Okay. So you were still drinking while you were there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, at that point, I didn't realize how how bad it was making me feel. I mean, I think that the panic attacks were a pretty good signal of like, maybe, yeah, maybe that's it, it. If you're like in a, the most beautiful place doing like the most relaxing activity and you're still having panic attacks, it's like, yeah, something's hmm. up. When you left that 
trip, where was your head at? At this point, I didn't have a place to live because all my stuff was in storage because I was I was just going with whatever opportunity came up. Um, and I, well, this, I applied for the next opportunity. Um, it was to go farm at this place in Hawaii. <laughs> so it was at this like Ayurvedic farm, which is just like this ancient Indian way of living life in balance. So we would just live in a certain way. We would wake up and do meditation and yoga and weird cow poop fire ceremonies. Um, <laughs> we would eat really healthy and like there was no coffee, no sugar and no alcohol. And that was my first way of being like, let's, let's, uh, let's remove all the things and see what's left removing alcohol and sugar. And like, maybe if I remove all these things then I will feel better and be able to figure out like what the issue is and what's causing me such mental anguish. Mm -hmm. Um, and that definitely helped. Um, it, it seriously felt like rehab. Oh my God. But, but it was, it was so hard. Um, yeah. So it was like an actual job. So you were doing work and farming, but then there was also like this lifestyle that was expected yeah. and community. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah, it was like super culty. Um, <laughs> it, it was just, it was a different type of community than I've, that I've ever lived in. Like mm-hmm. it was very much like, we were in silence and um, I don't know, like I would, I would have like a pain or like I would have allergies and they'd be like, Oh, you're not practicing cleanliness. And that's why, or like, it was always like a, like you are the reason why you have menstrual cramps. Like it's because you're not eating right or something. And it was just, I don't know their way, their attitude just didn't really vibe well with me. It wasn't healthy for me to, to think that way at that Time. Yeah. It um, sounds it sounds like a like pretty extreme. It was very extreme. And then I would yeah. be like it's very strict here. Like I would make comments and they would be like, "We don't really use that word." <laughs> it's more of I forgot what word they would use, but I was like, "That's like such crap." <laughs> hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, that that does sound pretty extreme. But do you feel like yeah. it it ended up like helping you at all? Um, I think for a while it definitely helped me like get get on track with my myself I was like my own friend at that time because it was also like a silent farm and I didn't really get along with a lot of the people there because they were like drinking the juice um uh, the kool-aid is I think is the term drink oh yeah drinking the cool (laughs) they were drinking the kool-aid um (laughs) um but it was like a detox I was there for like eight weeks and then I I left and I continued to not drink for another three months um, until I started drinking again. Okay. So you left there and then did you go back to Orlando? Uh, Yeah, I went back to Orlando for a little bit and then I got an opportunity to go work at a retreat center in Costa Rica. Uh, It was a yoga retreat center and I, yeah, I I hadn't been drinking for a while and I I felt really good and um, it was totally accepted there too. Like it wasn't, I don't know, like no one was like, oh, you don't drink. And I feel like that, that would have happened in New York and it'd be like, oh, wow, it wasn't a big deal there. So I like didn't drink for a while there. And then there was like one night where my boss, he made me a margarita and then he just like, he, I think he maybe knew, I don't know if he knew I wasn't drinking. He made me a mini margarita and I tried it and then I was like, this is really yummy. And then I, and that's when I started drinking again. Wait, so he, he like was trying to make you drink again by, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Now that I think about it, I'm like, wait, I think he may have known, but I was like, yeah, that's kind of messed up. He's like, okay, you're trying to get sober and better yourself. Here's a delicious margarita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and what? it was like made with like fresh Costa Rican limes and like maybe mezcal and like, oh, I, I loved mezcal. Um, but who knows? Um, and I guess that just like kind of spiraled it. So, yeah, but, but that's kind of, that's surprising. Like, cause you would think like, oh, this yoga retreat center, they're probably like really focused on mental health and like people, you know, doing whatever they need to do to better themselves. And if that means sobriety, then you would think that they would support that. I, I don't know if at that point I was, I was too, too serious about 
not drinking. Like, I don't think that I was like telling people that I was sober. I think I was like, oh, I don't really drink. Um, and I oh, okay. it didn't, I didn't make the decision like in my head to never drink again. Okay. Um, so I don't know if I kind of put out that energy where it's like, I don't drink. That you were more um, like taking a break or casual about it type thing. Yeah. But after that five months of not drinking, I don't know if you ever had a period of abstinence. I feel like it really hits you hard when you, when you go back, like it hit me hard. Like I was like so mentally unwell <laughs> after, after I drank, I'd be like, I have to take the day off. I'm, I'm so depressed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I've heard that from a lot of people that have relapsed or yeah, drink after a long period of not drinking. Like it, I, I wonder I, why that is. I I wonder if you're just like, since you're drinking so much, it's like you're used to this like low level of just like feeling like shit that when you stop for a while, and then you drink, you're like, oh my God, it's like so bad. <laughs> you go back down. I went through a period where I was just like, I, I gotta, I gotta get it together again. I'm going to start like waking up early and getting got, I got back into a routine. I, I started to work out this like this workbook, The Artist's Way. I don't know if you've heard about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I decided, I was like, okay, so I'm going to start this um, just to kind of like build a better habit for now, uh, build creative habit habits. Um, and I was like, while I'm doing this 12-week Artist's Way program, I'm just going to not drink. And so I haven't drank since, but part of what you do is like you do artist dates and so like if you're curious about something um you you go on a date with yourself like hey I've always been interested in like watercolor painting so you take a watercolor class or it doesn't even have to be artistic um it's just anything to go get inspired and I always toyed with the idea of like going to an AA meeting mm -hmm. and I decided to go to one and then I just was like, these are my friends. I'm never going back. Yeah. I actually had a therapist once recommend that book, The Artist's Way. So what oh, really? is it? Um, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about the book. It's like an actual workbook. Yeah. Like they the give weeks. you assignments for each week and there's like a theme for each week. There's two tools that you kind of use throughout. Um, one is Artist Dates, which I talked about a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I actually hosted a a book club on this one um, a few months ago. It was pretty cool. Um, but the the second tool is um, writing morning pages. So you wake up and the first thing you do is you write three pages of free association writing, which is like so hard and so good. <laughs> and then there's all these different practices. Like I remember there was one assignment where you like wrote to your a bully that kind of contributed to the destruction of your self-worth you know when you were like five or six or whatever there's it's really interesting oh cool and so like the whole premise is to get your creative juices flowing and embrace yeah. more creative activities yeah and the idea is creativity and it, creativity is like a practice like it's not like you just are or being an artist is all about like developing cre healthy creative practices. So you can't just expect to be like inspired all the time if you want to be a creative person. There's like things that you can do to facilitate that inspiration. Um, and it's just about kind of developing the habits to get there mm -hmm. and so that they become more second nature. Okay, cool. So for one of your dates, you took yourself to an <laughs> AA meeting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what did you think of AA? Um, I like actually, I tried to do it for a while because um, mm -hmm. I, I really, I needed the support system. I think that that was a big thing for me is just like having people to talk to that were going through similar things that I was going through. Mm -hmm. um, and I met like one of my best friends there. I met so many, I met everyone in my community that my little community in Costa Rica that ended up being like a very great support system for me. And I would, I would always consider these people to be good friends of mine because of that bond. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't really love AA. It didn't really work for me in the long run. I found a different program that kind of helped me find a different support system mm -hmm. and it, it taught me more about the science behind addiction and just like 
different habits and coping methods and like things to do to relieve stress. Um, oh, nice. So what is that program? Um, it's called Tempest. It's actually, it was all online when I did it. There was like, it was actually a sobriety class that I took originally. Mm. Yeah. What's crazy is that I was working at this retreat center in Costa Rica and one of our guests was staying there and she was from like Queens and she told me about the sobriety program. I was just like, well, thank you for this gift. And nice. So it's I, called Tempest? Yeah. Okay. So if you just Google like Tempest sobriety yeah, program, um, it'll come up. Yeah, I think the website's like jointempest.com. What exactly is it? Is it like a is it like a program that you commit to for a certain amount of time or is it like a class where you're like with the same classmates or one-on-one? What's kind of like the set the layout of it? Yeah, so when I originally did it, they had a a 12, I think it was an 8 or 12 week program. It was called Sobriety School. Mm-hmm. Um formerly Hip Sobriety. Um <laughs> but it it was just like the same group of people that you were with. So it was nice to hold each other accountable. And then we would have Zoom meetings, um, which they call processing calls. Um, and there's like a facilitator in those. And they teach you a lot of lessons. Um, there was one where we just like kind of learned about all the chemicals in the brain and like what's going on when you're drinking. And they give you like very um, tangible tools. Like it's like, develop your own joy practices and develop um, a morning and evening ritual. Um, and yeah, it's, it's like endless amounts of tools. I'm That's really to cool. All... It, to me, like yeah. it, almost, it kind of sounds like a really great option for people that like maybe want to go to, um, you know, rehab or like an outpatient program, but like can't commit to that because of like, say like work or, you know, the, family or things like that because mm-hmm. you could just do this at home online yeah totally so that that's actually really a good resource to have because I went to an outpatient program when I got sober oh yeah um because they had like a nutritionist or like someone that would come in and talk about you know how alcohol is affecting your body and chemicals in the brain and mm-hmm. you know, they would give us like tools like kundalini yoga or meditations yeah, to do and, and they do t- they do they teach you kundalini yoga too nice like it's so crazy there's like one meditation or breathing practice like if you're having a craving just do that and mm-hmm. then like come back to it and see if you still have the craving one of the really cool things about it is it's it just feels softer like because they don't shame you for drinking like they still accept you if you are kind of maybe more so- sober curious and you're not sure that you don't want to be drinking um, or that you're not sure that you want to quit drinking altogether. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're welcome to go there and try out all of these practices and like try it on and say you want to go back to drinking. Like that's totally fine, but no one's going to shame you. They don't count days of sobriety, but they totally will celebrate you if you're like two years or whatever. Um, so it just feels way less shamey than I think other approaches where it's like, if you drink, you're going to go back to stage one and everything that you worked for is gone. And, and I just feel like taking that pressure off and like removing the whole punishment is just like, yeah, it just helps you want to not drink help at least help me want to not drink more. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm choosing to do this. Yeah. That's awesome. Would you say that being in that program, like, helped you decide that sobriety was a more permanent long-term thing for you? Yeah, for sure. Like, I think the AA made me be like, all right, like I'm done. And then this, the Tempest program kind of helped me understand why I was done and Uh. develop like long-term tools to just prepare myself for that. So we, we have, um, neurotransmitters that are called GABA receptors mm-hmm. and basically alcohol mimics those. So they help you to feel relaxed. And if you drink, you're going to feel a little bit relaxed until it wears off. But um, once you stop drinking, like your own GABA receptors, I believe are just like um, depleted. So you kind of need more and more mm. like that was one take on it. And then and then they also talked about about how not sleeping is due to your blood sugar rising. Like if you drink a shit ton of alcohol, um, 
your blood sugar is going to rise because there's sugar and alcohol. And then as soon as it drops, you're going to like wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to, to sleep through the night. And that can also affect your like well being, and you're not going to, you also don't go fully into REM when you drink. Ah, okay. That makes sense. When I would drink, I would obviously like stay up really, really late. And then I would always like wake up at like seven in the morning. It just like added to the the shitty, yeah, it just added to the (laughs) shitty feeling and I couldn't go back to sleep. So that kind of makes sense. And I, you know, it's weird is like now if I get like a really bad night's sleep for some reason, which doesn't happen very often, but like I get like a a feeling that kind of reminds me of that same feeling of when I was – drinking oh my and, gosh and it's like I'm like oh this I feeling is too. awful and then yeah. it's like an added anxiety that uh, like this added awful feeling that's like tied to this memory and then that in itself like also keeps me from going back to sleep because I'm just like so frustrated yeah um, it, exactly it reminds me of those times of feeling hungover and having such a lack of sleep that, yeah now, now we know why <laughs> Now we know. They should teach you that in school. The more you know. The more you know. So after this program, it sounds like you were like definitely more committed to sobriety than you had ever been before. Oh my God, Um, yeah. So what did you do to kind of like set yourself up for success? I feel like during the first year of my sobriety, I ate and breathed and just like lived just quitlet. Like I would just listen to podcasts like yours. Um, and there were just so many other podcasts where I would, I would just like go on a walk every morning for like an hour and I would just listen to these people. And they really became like another voice in my head. Um, and I just surrounded myself with that. And I would just read books about like memoirs about people who quit drinking. Um, and I would go to like the weekly Tempest meetings, not weekly, but they have meetings all the time. And I would just go to those anytime I was like stressed out. I made a lot of different types of changes on the way that I deal with life and stress in general. Um, I like have a support system and I, I feel com- I used to not feel comfortable. Like if I was having a hard time to call someone and be like, Hey, I'm having a hard time, you know, like I would just like that, the, the idea of doing that um, and like having someone have to hold space for me and just be there for me, like that would make me cringe. Now I can do that if I'm having a hard time. And it's not even like I'm having a hard time. Like I need to drink. It's like if I'm like going to lose my shit and just emotional I'm like that too, where I hate the feeling of feeling like I'm a burden like to a someone. a burden. Yeah, yeah. What is that? It's so I, stupid. I don't know. It's just like guilt or something. <laughs> like, it is. It's like freaking Catholic. Well, for me, I'm not even Catholic. That was like the biggest thing for me is when I got sober. It's like, that's the first time I asked for help. I And it happened to be like a stranger, a random therapist I found on the World Wide Web. In sobriety that you have to learn is you sometimes have to like ask for help and yeah and, it, and it's important to like build that support system ahead yeah. of time so that when those moments of depression or weakness or whatever come up you have like those go-to people totally and it's like also taught me how valuable it is to like be that person for others I think mm-hmm. yeah. like and it's like I don't know I think the whole burden of it how I used to feel like it's such a burden like what are they gonna think it's, it's annoying. Like I'm like so comfortable holding that space. If someone is in, in need, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this makes me feel good. Like I want to be there for you if you're having a hard time. Yeah. What I found is like when you do reach out to those people, they're always going to be happy that you came to them with totally. open arms and very supportive. Yeah. And then you get to like share how you're feeling and they get to listen. And then there's like that human connection. And it's just like that alone can make you feel better. Totally. I think the the human connection part of it is just the whole thing that was missing um, for me when I was originally trying to get sober, just knowing that people care. <laughs> yeah. And I really don't think that. I also think it's just like you you really don't ever do anything alone. Like you can't just be on your own. I feel like community and support is so important. Yeah, totally. 
Um, and then I was going to ask, because I know that yoga has always been a huge part of your life. I don't know if you still practice or teach, but I know that was like a big part for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Are you still doing that? And like, did did you find that that, that helped as well? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, that's also something that I do now if I'm having like a hard time, I'll I'll go to a yoga class. Um, and yeah, so I think like it's really helped with my mental health because you, you've done yoga, right? It's just like you're focusing on your breath. Mm-hmm. You are able to kind of take a step back from, I think what happens in yoga is like you're, you're calming your central nervous system. So yeah. you don't react. It's like you can actually um, choose what, what path to take or like what, how you're going to um, respond to a situation instead mm-hmm. of just like going into fight or flight. So it kind of like trains you out of that the more yeah. that you practice. It's like literally like resetting your nervous system. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mindfulness is a huge part of it. It's like making that connection with your body and your breath and your mind and just mm. being very aware of. Yeah. Like learning how to how listen to your body. Like, yeah. oh, wait, I feel like shit. Um, Why do I feel like shit? Did I drink like a shit ton of alcohol the day before? Can I do anything about that? Like you can assess what you're putting in your body and um, like what parts of your body are feeling bad and totally. I mean, even, even now in sobriety, like if I, if I feel just like really irritable or just not, not good, if I just do like yoga or like some breath work or something like that, it makes it much more easier to pinpoint what's going on. I'm just really tired and I need a nap or Mm -hmm. need to process something that happened or I just need to drink more water. (laughs) Like It really feels like it's a learning process of how to reparent yourself. Yeah. It's like treating myself like a little baby and being like, do you need, are you tired? Do you need to eat something do you need to talk to someone do you need a hug like what yeah it's really interesting yeah because I'll notice in myself I'll start doing something like obviously eating my feelings or just drinking way too much coffee or just being really like (laughs) jittery and you know anxious and if, if I can in those moments stop myself and be like okay Lindsay, like, what is it that you actually need? How are you feeling? <laughs> That's the, the challenging part is actually stopping yourself, taking a deep breath and figuring that out. But I think that's yeah. like something, I don't know, like a, a practice that I've kind of learned out of yoga is is doing that in my daily life. So where are you at now? Like, how long have you been sober now? Um, I hit two years, 12 days. Was it 12 days? Yeah, 12 days ago, I hit two years. Oh, July congratulations. 6th. Thanks. Feels good. I mean, it's not like everything's fixed, you know? Life still goes on and um, challenges arise. And I'm still like figuring everything out. I don't know. It feels even like harder trying to figure things out this way. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Now I really have to like be here for it. There's you're no actually, excuses. you're like participating in your life and you're actually like yeah. doing stuff. And it can be like challenging at times but um I think it's way more interesting and rewarding to be like actively living in your life I mean completely I yeah I feel like I don't have a sense of dread or like guilt about like not doing the things at this point I may not be living some fantasy dream life that I thought maybe I could live could have lived if I Back in the day when I was drinking, like I'd be like, I could be doing like so much more, you know, with my life. You know, I would have these like fantasies. Now I'm like so accepting of where I'm at in my life and I'm like proud of it. Um, just even knowing that I don't drink and I'm like okay with that and um, that I'm doing something that I'm proud of is, yeah. is enough for me. I'm doing good. A important point to make is it's not like everything – is like perfect and falls into Mm -hmm. place with sobriety. You know, a lot of things have, but a lot of things haven't. I think you were asking me about my job situation because I I mentioned, yeah, yeah, I mentioned on the the last episode that I had just walked away from my marketing career that I've been, you know, I went to to school for and have been building up the last nine years and was really successful and doing well with it. But I was just totally so unhappy. And in the last year and a half. Um, I've had, I don't even, I honestly can't even tell you how many jobs I've had. Um, I've started a job either 
been there for a few months or several of them just like a week. And I just mm-hmm. ended up feeling so I would get so depressed because it was just so obviously not a good fit. It's not a good fit yeah. for who I am. I like I'm a very emotional person. It's really important to me to feel very connected to the work that I do and feel like I'm making yeah. a difference and impacting lives. I was doing like project management for whatever brands, um, building yeah, out like- bu- budgets and spreadsheets and just kind of doing things that really were not meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. like didn't feel right and wasn't a good fit for me. And so now I'm in a place where I'm like, well, what is it that I should be doing? And I'm trying to figure that out. And it's a really scary place to be because that was like a very cushiony, comfy position that I was in and um, it was reliable and, but I just like was not happy. And people would say, well, just look at it as a job and just, you know, have these things that you do on the side that you're passionate about. But at the end of the day, I'm dedicating, you know, eight to nine hours of my day to this thing, 40 hours a week. It's taking up a huge yeah chunk it basically of my, is your full life yeah and I'm like I don't want to live like that it was impossible it was first of all it wasn't even possible for me to live like that like I'm just gonna let this thing that consumes most of my life just be like thing to pay the bills I yeah. think a lot of people can live like that but I just really struggled with it to the point where I was getting really depressed and in a really really dark place yeah now I'm I'm trying to start fresh and figure out what to do and we're also like traveling right now, trying to like, we don't even have a home and we're trying to figure out where we want to live. So there's a lot of unknown, mm-hmm. um, but I'm surprisingly okay with that. And yeah, it's like, okay. It's yeah. Not the end of the world. It's, but you're like, it's hard. It's hard, but like, I trust that everything will be okay. And I think I truly believe that I'm making the right healthy decision for me by following my instinct and walking away from this career and being open to the next thing. And I wouldn't be able to like do all this and process this if I was drinking. Um, yeah. You know, I think that's actually why I was able to suffer through the career for as long as I did is because I was just, just suffering through life already. I think now just everything is more meaningful to me and it's um, just much more awareness of, wh- of who I am and what I want and things like that. So but I'm giving myself right now the time and the space to just one kind of come out of that situation yeah. I was just in. Cause it was like, oh, yeah. it got like, really dark. Um, you know, I'll find the right thing with time, but yeah. I think you're right. When you say like, you're going to give yourself space to process it and not, um, not like jump in and like try to figure things out right away. I think that's wise. Yeah. What are you currently doing for work? So right now I work in tech. I work for a software company. And I do quality assurance testing and like make sure that the app is working and stuff. And I do a little bit of the front end development. And I and I also like record voiceovers for them. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I do like a lot of different things and um, I actually really enjoy it. And it's something that I didn't expect to enjoy. I kind of thought that I wanted to be like in the yoga world, but I guess I think that this company is really cool and I feel like the people that work for the company are awesome and it's just, I feel like there's respect and um, we're treated well and that really means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, But I, yeah, I had a a hell job right before I got this job though. Um, And that just gave me a lot more appreciation for the job that I have now. Cause I'm like, wow, you know what? Things are great. Yeah. I was like working for, um, this life coach for two months and I was her executive or like personal assistant. And she was such a bitch. <laughs> she was so mean. She was degrading, disrespectful. What? She was so disempowering. Um, everything she- a life coach should not be. Yeah. Yeah. It was insane. And it really like got me to a point where like my stomach would hurt because she would, she would send me these long voice notes and she would be all stressed out. And then she would like accuse me of sending these emails that I didn't send and like all this shit. My stress levels were like insane. I would cry all the time. She like kind of tried to pitch me at the end of it and be like, 
I think that, um, you know, you take things really personally. Um, and I used to do that too. And I think that if you took one of my boot camps, it would really benefit you. Oh my gosh. And I was like, bitch, no. Oh my gosh. After Um, she like treated you like crap. She's like, take one of my classes. Yeah. It's like, she like, that's how you like (laughs) an abuser, like kind of like try to kind of sets you up. To, to be like helpless and then it's like I can save you and I'm like you are not saving me I will always save myself goodbye mm-hmm. um but I had to make this decision I was I can no longer do this for you I'm not putting myself through this um and she was like okay well I definitely want to have like a closing call with you and um just so we can I can let you know what my experience of you was and we can talk and I was like I I don't want to do that so thank you and goodbye and I don't know if anyone's ever done that because she's used to people like just thinking she's amazing and like the sun shines out of her ass and um it felt really good to be like I choose to not not do that because I don't think that this is like a two-way street right no that's Um, awesome it's like you made some boundaries for yourself protecting yourself what's next for you are you gonna stick or are you gonna stay in Orlando for a little while yeah so I I want to be here, there in Orlando for about a year. My sister is about to have a baby in like, <clears throat> like four days or something. <clears throat> and I really want to be there and just kind of like settle down and be there for the first year and, and be able to make a rational decision if I do choose to leave. Because my life prior to this was a lot of like, I don't know, like, I decided I was moving to New York like two months before I, I moved there. Hmm. Um, and I really loved that I was like that, but also at this point, way more like collected about the decisions that I make. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'll, I'll, I'm going to settle in there and just, I dealt with this when I moved to New York where it's just kind of like, gosh, like I don't know what to do here for fun. And like, I don't know who my friends are and it's just so hard to rebuild this whole like social circle and your your activities and just it's a lot of work and I'm kind of building that up in Orlando um right now mm-hmm. being sober so it's completely different from how I treated Orlando before I used to just go to bars and shows um which I still do but um I I it's that used to take up a lot of my time and now it's just what can I do? What's the activity that I can do today? And and I don't really have many sober friends. So I'm kind of, I don't need sober friends, obviously, but I think it's important to have some mm-hmm. in person. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm just like struggling with that right now. Yeah. Well, you, one, you can always call me and <laughs> you can yeah. FaceTime and uh, yeah. You're coming to Florida. Yeah, right. and I might I might be moving to Florida so then we could see each other. But yeah, if anyone is out there listening that is in Orlando and is sober, <laughs> hang out with me. <laughs> and hey, need is looking for a place to live because you need a roommate. That could be a great yeah, September first. Great way to connect with people. But there's got to be like a sober community in Orlando of some sort. Actually, somewhere. I think that there's like a sober bar opening up, and it's like a non-traditional, like modern approach. Um, there's a meetup you, oh, going on meetup, you can find sober people, but I haven't actually gone to the, the meetup. So I will do that and report back. Okay, cool. So a sober <laughs> bar is opening up in Orlando. Yeah. I've actually never been to one. Um, I've heard that's like a thing that's like up and coming. I guess they just like make like mocktails and yeah, kind of like a coffee shop vibe, but with cool drinks that cool, don't have alcohol expensive drinks yeah <laughs> with nine dollar passion fruit <laughs> yeah it's like all Some... seltzer <laughs> yeah which like I part of me is like whatever like i'll spend that i used to spend that on like putting poison in my body like fine yeah the the amount of money that i spend on spindrift now is pretty ridiculous they oh my are, gosh they are yes. bo- bogo at Publix, though fyi everyone Get to Publix today. Get your Spindrift. <laughs> Can they sponsor? Oh my god, I love Spindrift. Lemon flavor is my favorite. Spindrift, oh, sponsor Spindrift, me. Sponsor. Yeah, those are the best because they're like real fruit. 
Yeah. And they're not like as carbonated as like LaCroix or some of the other ones, like where mm-hmm. I just like am constantly burping for like the following hour. Spindrift, yeah. I'm just like, I'm cool. I feel good. It's refreshing. <laughs> yeah. They make real fruit. Love it. <laughs> love it. I love like anything. I will chug anything that's like <laughs> seltzer water, yes. not alcohol. Yeah, and I saw you posted on your Instagram story. Um, you're drinking like non-alcoholic beer. Which, oh yeah, um, I love which, non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, if you're looking for a good one out there, a Heineken makes it pretty good. <gasps> Heineken one. is like zero percent. Like some of them are like 0.05, which like isn't gonna do anything. Some people are strict about it, but yeah. Um, I think that's like the amount of alcohol in a banana, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like for real, <laughs> but like, um. Love Heineken Zero, and then there's like Brooklyn has a good N IPA. Um, oh, really? Brooklyn Brewery, and I think the one that I was drinking is like Clouster or something. Oh. I don't know what it's called, but See, like, <laughs> what? I was gonna say, like, when I was drinking beers, the only reason I would drink IPAs, I thought they tasted horrible hu- because they were high alcohol. alcohol. Yeah, I was like, yeah, oh my god, I used this to do is that like, too. This is like nine oh. percent. I'm like, I'm just oh gonna my chug. God. It. I used to drink like St. Bernardus because I was like, yeah, it's like $8, but it'll get me fucked up. It was like 12%. Yeah. Yeah. But so totally. like, why would I drink an IPA now that's not alcohol? <laughs> like, yeah. It's so funny. I just like, it's it's so weird because I, I was so scared to drink non-alcoholic beer for a while. And then one day I just did it because I was like, oh no, what if it's just like makes me like go crazy and just like crave a real beer? But when I did it, I felt like it felt this. I felt like so naughty, <laughs> but I was like, it was so good. I was like, oh my god, it, I'm like being. It's like bad, but it's like I'm not poisoning myself. Like this is great. And yeah, I, totally. I love it. I know. I remember I had my first one like with Eric. He gave it to me. I was like, what? <laughs> I like never really thought about non-alcoholic beer because I was like, that's too close. Like, like I'm playing <laughs> yeah. with fire. But yeah. uh, he he gave it to me. I took a sip. I was like, oh, I was like my jaw dropped. I was like, Oh my God, like this tastes like beer. Right. It was like really, it was like a mind fuck. It was really weird. But now I've, I'm like used to it now and I know it doesn't have, Oh, but one thing I will say, I did one time try a non-alcoholic wine. It was (gasps) disgusting. I tried one that was good. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy good. Um, but maybe it's just because like my taste buds are just, I don't know. Like I can, I like that now for some reason. I got to tell yeah. you what brand it was. Yeah, it tell was me. actually like, I was like, oh my God, it tastes like wine. But like, mm. meanwhile, when I like offer these drinks to my friends, they're like, no, thank you. Like, <laughs> I'm like, but it's actually good. And they're like, uh-uh. I'm like, dude, like, can you just try it? Like, I think it's so good. They yeah. want, they want the booze though. I mean, I would still pick a, spindri- a lemon spindrift over anything any day, oh, yeah. but I think it's, you know, it's fine. Like, uh, and I love kombucha. That's what, like, I know some people don't feel comfortable because that one is like 0.5 or 0.0. It's some, that one's it's like just, 0.05. Some of them are like yeah, higher though. Not 0.5. That'd be a little too much, but yeah, point, I think it's like 0.0 something. So there's a little bit. And so I know some people don't feel comfortable with that, but um, yeah, yeah, I have a good kombucha sometimes. There's yeah. so many good options. There really are. And it's like, once you get to the point where, I mean, if, if any, if you, some people don't do mocktails or like substitutes. Um, but I feel like at this point, I'm just like, I don't know. I just feel like I, everything is so much more centered on like the activity that I'm doing. And it's like, has nothing to do with the drinking Mm -hmm. that like, I don't know. It just makes life so much easier to not obsess over like how much booze is going to get me fucked up if I if I get the fucking St. Bernardus, like, right. Um, and I, I like, don't want to be drunk. It's like, I don't want to drink alcohol. Like I don't want to feel hungover. I, I just, I'm at this point where it just doesn't, it just doesn't serve me. Yeah. So definitely. I am really glad we got to catch up. And when I'm in, I'll be in, I won't be in Orlando. I'll be in the Tampa St. Pete area. But if I end up moving there, Orlando's only like an hour and a half away. Seriously, can, it's so I'll, close. I'll go visit you all the time and we can hang out. I'll visit you because like St. Pete is cool. Yeah, come visit me. Do it. Yeah. Um, love to. Yeah, I'm glad we got to catch up. And Yeah, me you. too. Thanks. You've been like a very important part of my sobriety too because I feel like we were both kind of on that. We were not 
like we were partiers um and to know that like someone that I was close with as a partier and that has made it to the other side and that can still be my friend it's just like I don't know it's like inspirational and like just it's nice to have someone that's been there through through that yeah totally it's cool to talk to you about it same here I feel like we need to to do that more and yeah and FaceTime and and connect more whenever we can um yeah yeah I, I I will say it is really cool to like now have all these like guests on that like I used to drink with you know like I had like Matt on before and I've had all these yeah um you know Shazi was on and it's just like all these people that I have this past with with drinking and now we're all like trying to better ourselves and you know taking care of ourselves and it's just really cool to like see everyone now come out of that and um yeah on the, it's on amazing the yeah I love seeing people doing well yeah same. living their dreams <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real. well cool well thank yeah. you for for being on the podcast and for sharing your story and we'll, yeah uh, thank you so much for soon. having me okay. and I will talk to you soon <laughs> bye guys <laughs>